Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Hi, I'm Ron Cogman from Brandon, and I welcome you to join us each week to explore stories in this real changing digital world. Stories from real business leaders, CEOs, and marketers, bringing to life all the topics to help grow your business and your brand. Join us each week, and I look forward to the story and the discussion. Well, hello, everybody. This is Ron Coughlin from Brandon, and this is What's Your Story podcast. And here we are in our second season, and we are trucking along with some great guests. And today, that's no exception. We have a, a tremendous guest. She's actually one of the top 30 out of 30 or something to that effect. I'm going to let her talk about that. Her name is Tanya Ferlin, and she's an up-and-coming executive here in Toronto. And she has lots to say about uh, uh, the future and where how she feels organizations should be working uh, going forward. So welcome, Tanya. How are you doing today? Hi, Ron. Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. So tell me a little bit about yourself. You you uh, went to Humber College and are actually in the program that I teach in, which was a hospitality program, and you've excelled since then. And uh, why don't you just tell us your story and what you're up to? Sure. Um, so I graduated from Humber College in 2013, I, like you said, from hospitality management. And from there, I've had the privilege to grow a pretty successful career with many of the top uh, hospitality brands across Canada, and also had the opportunity to do quite a bit of social impact work and volunteerism that kind of led me to where I am today. I'd be happy to share more about that yeah. later. Yeah, well, that's amazing. So. This thing called COVID has uh, really uh, evolved over the last two years. And, you know, this podcast has been focusing originally around, you know, what do you think is going to happen and how your employees dealing with this and the emotional side. Uh, but we're now kind of in a stage on what's next. People are getting back to work uh, in a new way. So the new normal is not the normal it was once before. Employees are ex expecting different things. You know, if you're going to hire someone today, the first question is, do you allow me to work from home? You know, my son, for example, he works for a digital ad firm. And that was one of his first questions. And they said, absolutely, you, you work two days in the office and three days you work from home. We don't need you here all the time. So it is a changing environment uh, and, it, and it's quite uh, a different world. So well, what is your perspective on uh, how people are adapting and going back to work right now? So that's a great question. I, I kind of put on my purpose-driven professional hat uh, in answering this question. And I think we have to look at how, not just how companies are bringing people back to work, but also uh, how they continue to build a culture that allows people to still, like you said, have that flexibility of working from home if they choose. And building that culture around taking care of your people uh, so that they, when, if, if they choose to come back to the office, that they feel safe and know that uh, it is a place that they want to be, but also having the flexibility of maybe they don't necessarily have to come to the office. I think a lot of um, organizations are being flexible and nimble in that way. Um, but I think I also want to mention, like, it's just such an incredible time uh, throughout all of this for marketers and companies that are looking to evolve 
their marketing strategy um, and their people's strategy. Uh, why is that? Because brands and companies are realizing that they need to put a focus on purpose. And what that means is like really looking at how the employees feel, uh, looking at what are the strategies around big components that are very important to everyone, to the well-being of the organization, the well-being of people, such as equity, diversity, and inclusion, such as environmental sustainability, um, and I think Indigenous reconciliation and having an action plan around that is also very important. So I think looking at how are companies adapting in a more holistic way is very important and is going to be a key to, to the continued success um, or failure if companies don't start acting and strategizing, putting purpose uh, first, or at least including it as part of their company strategy. I really believe that is what's next, looking ahead. Um, I, I think that's kind of the lens that we need to take, looking at how are we contributing to the local or global community? And how are we empowering our, our teams, our associates to be a part of that? So not just having some strategy top down, but really involving everyone in the organization to buy into that purpose. And I think with that perspective, moving forward into the what's next is gonna be a lot easier. Yeah, I think you're really talking around what uh, Peter Drucker talks about uh, a while back, which is this idea of a culture of innovation and really flattening out organizations and allowing people to win by empowering them to be innovative and to be entrepreneurial and to work within environment. But that, that calls for a certain level of uh, trust that the organization must give back to those employees. And so how have you seen that in your organization over the past little while? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think that trust is very deeply connected to transparency. And so having an organization that communicates internally, like um, here at Chartwells and Compass Group Canada, our team has done an incredible job of continually communicating to all associates on the updates of how we're responding to COVID and how we're keeping all of our people and our clients and our guests safe and our focus on safety first. Um, so communication has been incredibly important. And as you mentioned, building that culture around continuous innovation and encouraging that, I think that's a really great way to approach the, the what's next and thinking about how, not just how do we innovate processes or how do we innovate through technology, but how do we innovate our corporate culture and how do we take a look at our social impact policies, our people and uh, HR policies, and how are we dealing with sustainability? So I think that not just having a policy in words or having some really nice write-ups on a website, no, a company really needs to now put their commitments around purpose into action. And that comes, uh, that comes connected to the transparency that I mentioned, especially today in 2021 with Gen Zs and millennials and any really conscious consumer, we are looking for that transparency that a company is walking their talk. And that totally resonates with internally as well. So with employees and of a company, they want to see that their company truly cares and takes action towards 
that that caring commitments, whether it's towards the environment or uh, building that positive company culture, offering those flexible um, work environments, etc. So it's trust is, in my opinion, very much connected to transparency and doing things because they're the right thing to do and not just checking a, like a box. We really have to go a step further from that. Mm -hmm. um, that's the world we're living in now. And you can see with, um, there, there certainly is a trend with a lot of large organizations moving towards that purpose-driven strategy. If you look at the rise of uh, ESG investing, so environmental, social, and governance strategies and how companies are really taking it seriously now about how are they addressing environmental, social uh, issues and making sure that they have a governance structure in place that allows them to be a more uh, safe company to invest in. If you look at the rise of B corporations, so if you've heard of B corporations, uh, it's a certification that really aligns with the highest standards of social and environmental performance, uh, transparency, legal accountability to make sure that they're balancing profit and purpose. No longer can a company just worry about the bottom line profit. There's another element that needs to be considered and that is purpose. And I think if that is taken seriously and put into action by organizations and by individuals with that make up that organization at the end of the day, empowering people to take on that purpose and build a culture around that, I think that's uh, definitely kind of the, the way of the future. And the companies that understand that, in my opinion, are going to be the most successful. Well, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that uh, organizations that have a, operating principles in place, so a brand strategy that kind of outlines their values, their systems, and a story that can be uh, sent through the whole organization and bought into uh, is kind of the start of it all. I've worked with a few companies that do that very well. Uh, can you can you tell me a little bit about what, uh, I know you're speaking for yourself today as a entrepreneur and young executive, but you, you are helping lead Chartwell a little bit. What have they done from a uh, cultural perspective and a, and a transparency perspective? Give us an example of that, that that's really been implemented in your organization. Sure. So at Chartwell's, we are the largest educational food service provider across Canada. And the way that we've integrated purpose into our work and our strategy has been at every level through our purpose-driven vision called Thinking Ahead Giving Back, TAGB. So TAGB is unique in that it's not, it doesn't live just within marketing. It doesn't live within HR. It's really its own company vision and strategy. And so what TAGB is made up of is three pillars, food with purpose, continuous innovation, and community engagement. So these three focuses allow us to look at how are we serving food that is sustainable, that aligns with our student needs, and really that um, is, is healthy and is purposeful. Our continuous innovation pillar allows us to continue to drive our growth and be innovative. Like you said, building that culture of innovation, which is incredibly important. And then the third pillar of community engagement is how are we building those relationships with our students with our campus communities and school communities that we serve and with the larger community to continue making that positive impact. And so 
that purpose-driven strategy, those are the kind of the high level points, but at Chartwells, we've really made it a point to integrate it and be, make it part of the company culture at every level. So what that looks like is over the past uh, year and a half uh, in this virtual world, we've been hosting uh, regular team trainings around different topics that connect to this purpose-driven vision, whether it's sustainability, whether it's uh, Indigenous reconciliation. We did a training for uh, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation uh, earlier in September. And building that culture uh, so that our associates understand that purpose is really at the core of what we do and that it's the responsibility of each and every one of us. Because yes, we are a large multi-pronged organization, but at the end of the day, we're all people and we're all humans and we need to take that human element into consideration and involve everyone into and get that buy-in from, from everyone in the organization. Yes, it is very helpful when it's led from the top, so, uh, but, it, but it definitely needs to trickle down and um, connect and touch all levels of, of the associates at every, org at every level of the organization. And I think the other thing that is really important that we've done really well at Charwells is build thinking ahead, giving back as like a long-term vision and plan and building it around a culture of innovation. That and we've also been able to do quite a bit of market research and surveys uh, to understand what are the priorities of our associates, of our clients, of the students that we serve to make sure that our purpose-driven strategy aligns with the needs and priorities of our guests. And this, I think, is a really great uh, thing to do for any organization looking to build a culture around purpose is you can't just pick a random unrelated cause that you want to support in your organization if it doesn't connect to your core business. There needs to be that alignment and connection. So we were able to build our purpose-driven strategy around that. And so doing something that you know something about is really important. And then uh, making it simple as well so that it resonates with, with everyone and that it resonates internally and externally. So we've been able to do a lot of uh, different really interesting initiatives from internal team training to externally virtual and great engagement events, running virtual teaching kitchens, virtual grocery bingos with students, and building really unique partnerships with charitable organizations and with other startups and innovators. Um, so it's pretty unique, but it's, uh, it's been a great ride. And yeah, it's just, you can tell it's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. So was this a process that you to get the strategy in place? Did you hire an outside firm to help you? How did this get started? I mean, it's really fascinating. You're speaking my language because I run branded and this is what we do for organizations, but it sounds like you've, you've hit the mark. It's, it's consumer and employee focused, and it's really an interesting approach for a big organization. Not a lot of big organizations do this. They, they continue the old draconian way of top-down leadership and, and scare tactics, and, and really it sounds refreshing. So how did you go about doing this? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I, I can't take credit for uh, launching it. This was, TAGB was launched prior to my arrival in Chartwells, but 
it okay. went, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it was launched in uh, December of 2018, and it was really led by our company president, Ashton Sakara, who led the implementation and development of the initial TEGB vision, which has since had to evolve because once the pandemic uh, hit, um, we really had to take a look at, oh, okay, maybe we need to kind of shift our, our vision just slightly to realign with the new priorities and evolving priorities, whether that's a, a stronger focus on sustainability or just mental wellness was a big theme that came up. And so taking a look at being, being nimble and constantly evolving the, the vision, but keeping purpose at the core was a key element of what we did. And like I said, we did do research and we did quite a bit of uh, collection of, of feedback from our clients, from our students to make sure that the vision aligned with uh, their priorities as well. And yeah, and it was really a team effort and it was really a, an opportunity to, to connect with teams across the country uh, to make sure that we have a, a plan that is customizable as well, depending on the, the particular school that we are serving. So it's been, a, yeah, it's been quite an adventure. And we're, we're a small but a nimble team working within TAGB, leading TAGB. But um, because we've been able to connect with our associates at unit level across the country, it's that's been a huge uh, win for building that TGB culture. And it hasn't been easy to do in a virtual world, um, but uh, yeah, it's something that I can say we're, we're well on our way to, to continuing to grow that. So it sounds like you did a really great job of internal communication of the strategy and ongoing feedback of what was going on. That is a really important part of any development of a strategy that you are able to get buy-in and so how did you get is that how you got buy-in along the way with the, with what you're doing yeah it was really a process and as we developed the the strategy and plan we held uh regular touch points and regular uh feedback sessions with our own associates internally so they were really part of the planning and from there then continuing to educate and, and inform the rest of our teams about what the what our purpose-driven strategy is around food with purpose, continuous innovation, and community engagement, and empowering them to go out and live those values, live that vision at the unit level. So um, it could be building relationships with the different campus departments that for me, I'm just one person in the organization based out of the Mississauga head office. But if I have my teams empowered and knowing that community engagement is one of our core pillars, so they can go then and build those relationships um, and continue living out the purpose in action. And I think the one other thing, Ron, that I wanted to mention is uh, I, I do truly believe a key component of the, of the success um, is of, of TGB is having that leadership buy-in. So I think it's really important for at the top level, I know it shouldn't necessarily always be top uh, level driven down, but we do need leadership buy-in to, to continue putting resources towards purpose-driven initiatives. So I think um, that's really important, but we've gotten to a place where it's really shaped our, our core value proposition 
And um, it, for me, it's just been such an incredible privilege and honor to, to be a part of the strategic planning and implementation, working with teams across the country, working with multi-sectors. Uh, it, it's just been great over the past uh, almost two years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned something here. You mentioned something about mental health, and it's been a big topic recently. Um, and it sounds like your company is embracing practices to help employees. Um, and so, I, you know, I think that's one of the, the key things that we're finding also at the college level. So, I, I, you know, obviously I run Branded, but I also am a, a professor and program coordinator for the HTOM program at Humber College. Um, and I also teach part-time at Centennial College. And what I've noticed is a change over the past while of students and their you know their mental capabilities or adaptability, um, a lot of them are getting tired of be honest of this, um, and it shows in how they show up for class or not show up for class or turn their cameras on or not turn their cameras on. But we've also had some incidences that we've been quite, you know, that we've seen this effect. So what have what's happened uh, in your world that you could share? I don't want you to give up any names, but it's what maybe. Uh, how you've dealt with different situations. Sure. So everyone, I think, or at least many people have been affected uh, with the pandemic and all of the changes that came with it um, in terms of their mental health and mental well-being. And I'm lucky to work with an organization that, as you mentioned, absolutely takes it uh, seriously and provides resources to promote positive mental well-being. And we've done incredible work through uh, not, not in just Charwells, but in our larger organization, Compass Group Canada, we have uh, a website that we created called justnow.com that um, actually provides those mental wellness resources that are open and available uh, to the public as well as our internal associates. And we have had just incredible supports throughout the pandemic with regular uh, mental wellness sessions, uh, like monthly virtual sessions, of course. Um, and then that's what we've done internally, but then looking externally, we know that we are not as a food service organization, the experts in mental well-being. but as a food service organization, we do know that food can definitely impact a person's well-being overall. And it does have a connection to mental well-being, um, and mental health and whether, uh, that's making sure that you're, that an individual is having enough food and uh, healthy food um, and plant-based options to make sure that they're fueled and energized um, and not falling asleep or missing class. Um, so we've kind of built our food program around that vision. Um, but I think uh, we are also looking at developing external partnerships because as I said, we're not the experts in that space. So how do we, how can we create partnerships with perhaps other organizations or other groups that are experts um, in that space. And I think partnerships is, and building those community connections is another important strategy. If uh, an organization is looking to like ad address an issue that maybe they're not um, fully involved in or, or experts in, yeah. Well, that, that's a really good point. And I'm really glad your organization does that because a lot of people are are challenged right now with with this whole situation, you know. It's it's uh, it, we're at a point in this pandemic where we're kind of past uh, 
a certain stage where not knowing what's going to happen, but everybody is dealing with this in different ways. And uh, what kind of advice would you give just someone who's like yourself up and coming in an organization just to deal with the, uh, what's going on in the future and everything else? What kind of advice could you give people? Okay, so um, the first piece of advice I would give is just to be a pragmatic realist. And I learned a lot of great lessons from uh, Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. Mm. And in one of them, uh, he told the story um, of uh, an American soldier who was in a Vietnam camp. Um, and sorry, the, the details are escaping my mind at the moment, but he had to endure just incredible, incredible, horrible circumstances and torture and really just being a prisoner of war in a, in a horrible camp, horrible situation. And how he made it through was just not, he wasn't focused on the future and thinking, oh, I, I hope this gets over soon. Oh, I'm going to be out by Christmas and Christmas would come around and then, oh, we're going to be out of this by Easter. And then Easter would come around and, and, and go. And he endured several years and many of the people that were with him there didn't survive. And many of those individuals were the ones that kept thinking, oh, things are gonna get better tomorrow. So not necessarily being present and not necessarily looking at what is the situation that we're in. So being a pragmatic realist means just firstly acknowledging the situation we're in and then thinking about, okay, well, what actions can I take to move forward today? Because, and because that's all we can really do is focus one day at a time. Um, thinking about the bigger picture is important, but I think just being real and being realistic, I think that's um, something that we can all kind of learn from in, the, in this particular situation. Um, and then my second piece would be to kind of look at what is most important to you as an individual who maybe they're growing their business or growing their career um, and making sure that you're working with an organization or, or working on projects that align with your values. And I think I've been able to do that. Um, firstly, through uh, my volunteer work while I was working in the hotel industry, I discovered a passion of mine, um, which was social impact, which I didn't even know that I was, that was a passion of mine until I kind of started getting involved and taking action. And that, um, so while I was uh, working in the hotel industry, I worked for Marriott, I worked for Hyatt, and I discovered uh, the horrible violation of human rights and children's rights, that is human trafficking, and how that connected to the hospitality industry. And when I find, found out, I just knew I had to take action and get involved. And so I started volunteering with an organization called MPAT, Meeting Professionals Against Human Trafficking. Um, and throughout that volunteerism, speaking with victims and survivors of human trafficking, speaking with law enforcement, and just learning what everything I could about the issue, I was able to then make an impact in that space and educate a lot of other hospitality professionals, which uh, kind of was a contributor to leading to my top 30 under 30 recognition, going back to that from the beginning. But while I was doing that as a volunteer, I discovered like, wow, I really wanna dedicate more of my time 
to cause causes that make an impact that are making the community that we live in a bit a better place making the world we live in a better place and so i was able to turn that passion for positive impact and uh positive social change into uh my full-time <laughs> job which i get paid for here at chartwells within TAGB. And so going back to the piece of advice, which is really just follow your passion and don't be afraid because you don't know where it'll lead you to. And going back to the theme of, that we talked about in the beginning uh, around purpose. So now more than ever, there are so many companies that are starting to build or expand purpose-driven strategies. And I think it really resonates with a lot of people, not just Gen Zs and millennials, because at the end of the day, we're all looking for uh, purpose in the work that we do. And I'm sorry, I'll just say one more thing. I'm reminded of uh, Daniel Pink uh, has a, a theory that there are some surprising things that motivate us and it's as individuals in the workplace. And it's not necessarily money. Uh, according to Daniel Pink, what uh, truly motivates us are three main things uh, once money is kind of taken care of. So the first is aut uh, autonomy. So having the ability to really own your work and you can take pride in that and not being micromanaged. The second is mastery. So having the opportunity to get really good at something and improve your skills and continually, continuously improve. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing, Ron, is purpose. So that is knowing and believing that the work that you're doing has an underlying purpose. And so that's why I say it's really important to follow your passion, especially if there is a purposeful element to it around making the world a better place, make, creating positive social impact. Because if you follow that, then you'll, you'll kind of ensure at least you cover one of those elements. And there are growing opportunities out there. As I mentioned, the rise of uh, ESG investing, the rise of B corporations, um, and also the, the rise of companies building strategies around the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs. So there are growing opportunities out there. And as a social impact professional myself, it just really excites me. And I always encourage uh, all of the students that I speak to, all of my uh, people in my network to, to continue focusing on finding their passion, and especially if it's around purpose, to pursue that. Well, you know, I want to I say you're, you have a wealth of knowledge in this uh, for being so young. I mean, it's amazing what you do, and you have a great passion. I think that's going to help you in your career going forward. And um, I just want to thank you know say thank you for your your time today. It's been very insightful, and I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this one. That's for sure. Um, and I would like to just say that uh, this idea of an organization that is really focused on a culture of innovation and you know really caring about an entrepreneurial spirit and all the things that you touched on today uh, are, are fabulous. So thank you for that. So this is uh, the What's Your Story podcast. We've been talking with Tanya Ferlin. Uh, she, uh, she's an up and coming uh, top 30 out of 30 uh, in Canada here and uh, someone that you should want to connect with. But uh, so Tanya, if, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that on LinkedIn or what would you suggest they do? Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn would be the best place to connect with me. 
Um, I'm an avid LinkedIn user and uh, really just love connecting with uh, fellow social impact professionals and other uh, professionals uh, through LinkedIn. So yeah. So uh, hey, thank you very much, Tanya. So this is the uh, What's Your Story podcast. It's uh, located on Spotify podcast, Google podcasts, national radio public all throughout the US and also iTunes. And if you want to listen in, we have some great guests like Tanya on off often. And once again, thank you, Tanya, and you have a great day. Okay. Thank you so much, Ron. You as well.